On this week's podcast, we'll be reviewing the Tomorrow War, Black Widow, and Barry Diller has some comments for us. Plus, a bonus ghost story. So sit back and enjoy. Chris Pratt has a new movie out. It's called The Tomorrow War. I believe it's based on a short story. But it was it was actually really good. Um, it was a very different type of pacing because the whole story really folds out in approximately seven, eight days. The premise of the movie is that aliens have invaded the Earth and we have no idea where they came from. Nobody saw them land. They came from northern Russia and are utterly ruthless killing machines. And humans from the future come back to recruit people from the past to fight because they're they're getting their butts kicked. They're getting wiped off the planet. And Chris Pratt is a biology teacher who's trying to get into research science. And he is a former a special forces soldier and he ends up being recruited well actually drafted because in 2030 he dies and that's one of the that appears to be part of the story is that everybody who's recruited is over 40 and everybody who's training them is well rather young one of the characters charlie who is head of r&d at a earth science type company uh, deduces that in the future that they're all dead so they were recruited to, to fight for seven days then they are jumped back after their time of service everybody's fitted with an armband that tracks their their uh, service and is treated as a part of their key to the jump gate basically these creatures are well they're really hard to, to describe they they're rather large they have like two tails that shoot spikes and they are just just eating machines. They just kill and eat. Part of the, as the story unfolds, they're on a combat search and rescue mission to save scientists who were pinned down in another building. But as soon as they get there, they realize that all the scientists are dead and that they have to fight their way out to be rescued. Well... Chris Pratt's character and Charlie are find themselves awake in another area. They had, they've been they had received some injuries in combat, nothing serious. And as the story unfolds, Chris Pratt meets Romeo Actual, who's uh, the commander. Well, it turns out Commander is actually his daughter, and that there's only a half million people alive in the world at that point. They had developed a toxin to kill. The, the creatures however it only works on the males most of the ones that are fighting and killing are the males the females are the queens much like a bee and actually kind of gives the story a kind of a alien vibe because remember they had the queen in the movie alien and they go and try to capture a queen kind of like reminiscent of starship troopers where they capture the brain. Well, during the course of the story, they developed a toxin that kills the queen. However, the queen becomes enraged and starts coming out of her drug-induced coma and starts rattling her chains. Well, outside, there is a huge army of these creatures coming to save her, and it is just one huge melee of combat. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And in the end, you get the feeling that he wants to take his daughter back. 
Chris's character, his daughter, back to the past. However, you know that's going to create a paradox, and that's going to just going to be a world of problems. But she gives him a sample of the toxin that kills the queen, and they, he has to go back to the past so they can manufacture it because they don't have any way to do it. And the way the time travel works in this is that it's like two barges on the on a stream. They can't jump back beyond say where they left or another time point they're always going to be moving forward they can only jump between those two points while still moving forward so they can't really go back and change the past he's jumps back but he's upset that he he can't save his daughter from being killed by the queen and the creatures well he deduces that well the the uh, creatures came from Russia and that there must be something there. Well, one of the fellows he fought with had a claw from one of the creatures from the first wave and they analyze it and find that it has traces of volcanic ash from China. They find a young, young savant who's really into volcanoes and tells them where to find the possible site where these these creatures landed. Well, this is where the story, this tone of the story really changes. But you think he, it's going to end at one point, but there's still time left. And it's like, what's what's going on? What's what's going to happen next? Because it seems like they could just, you know, end the story right here. They bury the toxin, and when these creatures arrive, they ambush them, kill them. However, what happens is Chris, Chris's character, um, teams up with his estranged father who's played by J.K. Simmons and they go to Russia with Charlie who hid for seven days because he was terrified he wasn't a soldier he was a scientist and they go to find where the creatures are at in Russia well he they deduced that they had they're buried under ice and by the time they emerge it's been more than a thousand years since they they actually landed in the cap that covered them as thawed and they could claw their way out. That's how the Chinese volcanic ash got trapped under their claws. So this is where it gets kind of formulaic where they, they kill some of the queens and one escapes then they end up blowing up the ship that had a colony. It looks like creatures weren't the ones flying the ship. There was some type of cattle or they were meant to clear a planet. Because uh, hanging upside down frozen was some kind of reptilian creature. That kind of reminds you of one of the bounty hunters from Star Wars. There's a wicked battle between our heroes and the queen. You think that Chris is going to risk his life and die. You think the father's going to do it as well. They end up ultimately tricking her and they end up killing her. End of story. And the exchange grandfather ultimately gets to have a role in his granddaughter's life. And likely a paradox has happened that Chris isn't going to die. Actually, I really enjoyed it. It, it was a little different. Yeah, there was there's some kind of, oh, this is like this. This is kind of like that. But ultimately, it was a lot of fun. This is not a serious sci-fi movie. And it's just fun. It's got a... A little different pacing. Uh, I know time travel movies can sometimes get a little much, 
but this was this was well done it had an interesting premise so i give it two thumbs up marvel decided to make a movie about somebody they've already killed off natasha romanoff aka the black widow well this movie like everybody has said it's several years too late considering well natasha was killed off in endgame the movie is well it's a mess it truly is a mess at times it wants to be a Bond movie. At times it wants to be a Marvel movie. There's so many over-the-top action scenes. It's uh, it's unbelievable. Things blowing off. People flying through the sky. It's just a mess. Um, and it's just tedious to watch. It's Overall, it's it's not fun. I mean, it's, it's a success at the box office and at Disney+. Plus. But still, it's it's not fun. It's I mean, it's a character that you know the end the end game for. She's dead. I mean, she's she's gone. She sacrificed herself for the soul stone, a soul for a soul. I mean, overall, the plot is interesting. It's it's just so heavy-handed for a Marvel movie. Truthfully, from the topic of uh, well, forced servitude, human will, to an assassin who's the bad guy's daughter, it's popcorn on borderline of stale popcorn. So if you can if you can uh, wait till it's out on DVD and you have a coupon for your favorite bread box or bread box vending machine, then it's worth the rental. Other than that, it's nothing exciting instead watch watch the tomorrow war it's far it's a far better movie it's got a far better coherent plot so that's it five out of five out of ten in breaking news barry diller says the movie business is dead and i tend to agree it's been dying for quite a while and now it just finally starts to smell ghost story time this one's about a baby in a fireplace miss ann bennett lived in this house with a haunted fireplace. Every night at seven o'clock, she would hear a baby's voice in a low tone say, help, help, it would, can, it would happen for about five minutes. She would look into the fireplace and see the baby's face, and it looked like it was in great pain, but it would go away. This happened nightly for weeks on end. Then she decided she was gonna tear down the f- the chimney and destroy the fireplace to see if it would stop as it was driving her crazy. Well, she found baby's bones. They were burned. After they found the burned bones, she never heard the voices or saw the face again. She later found out the man who lived there before had beaten his baby to death for crying and put his child's body in the fireplace to burn the fanatic network podcast is written and directed by me greg the fanatic executive producer jen the original red queen theme music is provided by transistor fm you can visit us on instagram at fanatic network facebook as well our webpage is lonestarsci-fi.com and if you'd like to yell at me via email you can do so by sending me a message at fanatic at lonestarsci-fi.com